Move Forward Radio is brought to you by ChoosePT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Find a physical therapist near you at ChoosePT.com. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Eric Reese. When Jen Bambro was 19 years old, she was involved in a car accident. It was essentially a fender bender, and initially she seemed okay. Over time, however, that changed. She developed chronic pain that limited her activities and greatly compromised her quality of life. Because the root of her pain couldn't be readily detected, though, Jen faced skepticism in the medical community and was misdiagnosed. She was accused by some people of faking. One doctor who did believe her said she'd just have to learn to live with her pain. That's not surprising. In 2017, the magazine The Atlantic ran an interview with a leading bioethicist titled The Long History of Discrimination in Pain Medicine. Four years earlier, the peer-reviewed journal Pain Management Nursing had published a broad narrative review on the impacts of disbelief toward patients with chronic pain. Jen, however, was a strong self-advocate. She eventually was successful in gaining a large measure of relief. She found physical therapy to be an important part of her pain management puzzle. At the time of our discussion in October 2018, she was in the final year of her doctoral program to become a physical therapist. She's now licensed and practicing in an outpatient neurologic setting in Tennessee. In large part because of her personal experiences, she plans to specialize in helping people who are experiencing persistent headaches and dizziness associated with concussions and disorders that cause balance issues. In this interview, Jen shares her long journey with pain issues and some of the insights she's gained along the way. So, Jen, it's probably good to note at the outset that the field of pain science has come a long way in the years since the accident that set in motion the uh, the painful and frustrating series of events that uh, you're about to recount. But let's take things from the top and, and sort of set the scene. It's 2004. You're, you're 19 years old. Uh, what happened? It was about a month after my dad had passed away, and I was driving my mom to take care of some things for him. And, for, and I had stopped in an intersection, and the light was so green because the intersection was blocked. And so I stopped, and then a driver behind me failed to stop and rear-ended me at about 35 miles an hour. And just due to my age and my dad passing, at the time, I didn't have health insurance. I was in the middle of changing plans, and that is not the next thing. So I thought I was fine after the accident, so we just went home and just tried to deal with it that way. And then that evening, I started to have a lot of pain and some symptoms down my arm. So my mom had um, already been seeing a chiropractor, so we decided to go that route and just start seeing a chiropractor. And so I started seeing a chiropractor for a while, and though some people have really good outcomes with chiropractors, it just wasn't quite enough for me. So I saw a chiropractor for about six months, and I just kept getting worse, kept having more symptoms. Well, when you say more symptoms, what, what were your symptoms? What, what was going on? I was having a lot of numbness and tingling down in my hands. I was having headaches. I was having just, um, I had to keep taking away more and more things that I was doing out of my life. I was a gymnast, and I coached gymnastics, and I wasn't able to do my job. I wasn't able to do gymnastics. I was having pain where I just pretty much ended up sitting all day because I was in so much pain and I didn't know I thought something was terrible and I was so fearful that you know this was going to be my life for the rest of my life I was 19 and you know I just kept getting worse and worse and worse 
and about six months after the accident was when it got really bad to where I couldn't sleep at night because the pain was so bad. So that's when the chiropractor was like, you know, this is where I, I can't help you anymore. I think you need an MRI. And so that was kind of where my actual medical management occurred. And that was when I started seeing neurologists and having imaging done. That kept going for about another six months. So a year after the accident, I was taking a lot of pain medication. I was being handled by pain management. I was having injection after injection. I was having, you know, imaging done. And all the imaging was clean. So every time an image came back, they just kind of, the doctors or the anyone who looked at it kind of was just like, well, we don't know what's wrong with you. You must be faking because there's nothing wrong. And then they would stop managing my care. And so I would have to try to find another doctor because I knew that I was 19. I knew I was a gymnast. I was so frustrated at this point because I knew that this pain I was experiencing was real. And I didn't want to have to sit around the house all day doing nothing because I was 20 at this point. No 20-year-old wants to go from being a gymnast and coaching gymnastics to sitting around the house and being so afraid that this was the rest of their life. And it just became very terrifying for me and very scary. And it kind of becomes your identity when you're in this much pain that, you know, it's just really hard to deal with. And so then about a year after the accident is when I saw my first physical therapist. And... I saw some really good physical therapists, and I saw some that I think were really um, overwhelmed by my case. And at that point, you know, pain science was not something that they were that they knew of. It was 14 years ago, right? And right. you know, they they did a lot of great things. They did a lot of things to try to help me. Um, at that point, it wasn't really enough to manage for the management I needed, but it really was a good management. They gave me a lot of tools that have have helped me in the years since but it just wasn't it wasn't quite enough because I felt like I was being managed with like you know you they pushed the 10 visits that I was supposed to have really quickly and then got me out of there and Mm -hmm. for me I don't really feel like I was the best patient because I didn't really understand what was going on and Mm -hmm. you know I they were just like you know your imaging is clean so you have to Baking. I still kept getting that attitude from everybody, so I didn't feel like they understood what I was going through. That must have been incredibly frustrating. What what reason would you have to be faking? Exactly, and that's kind of what I was really frustrated about. And I think I failed to mention that there was a lawyer involved due to all these allocations. But you know, we had gotten a lawyer involved because one of the medical bills he paid. So they also had deposed me at the time. So 20-year-old kid getting deposed about an accident um, also had being being accused of faking. And really, I'm just like, I just want to get back to my life. And so I did now knowing that, like, that I just needed the reassurance that, you know, when you see the scans that were all clean, that it, it should have been that, you know, there's nothing broken, there's nothing damaged this is a really good thing, but that was never an education piece for me. It was always, there's nothing wrong with you, so you're faking. You're not, you can't be feeling this pain. Right. And it was never communicated that it was like, this is actually a really good thing. It means that you're feeling this pain, but you can move on with your life because you're not damaging anything, which is something that, you know, has kind of come 
to knowledge now with pain science that, you know, that that's a really big part of it is that people really need to acknowledge because the pain that you're feeling is real, but you also need to have be given permission to move on and say you're not damaging anything. That you can manage your pain, but but activity is actually important. Yeah, exactly. And I did. I had a lot of fear. Even throughout my management, even if I would feel better for a day, I was afraid to tell them if I would feel better because I had been dropped by so many um so many medical professionals that I was just like, well, if I feel better, they're going to tell me I can't come anymore. And I had real. I now since then I realized that you know being in that much pain, I think anybody in that much pain, but me as such a young person, it becomes your identity. Because before that, my identity was a young, active gymnast, and then I had to cut all of those activities out of my life, so my identity had become pain. So if right. I give up that identity too soon, what am I and what do I right. have? And so that was something that I think needed to be identified and needed to be dealt with throughout the course of care. And I think it's something really powerful for people who are going through this to understand that you can have an identity other than your pain. And it's really important to give your pain the importance it needs, but then also ignore it. And it's just, it's really freeing. A quick break to encourage you to move. Physical activity is associated with a reduced risk of chronic disease, not to mention improved bone health, cognitive function, weight control, and overall quality of life. Simply put, more movement is the gateway to better health. Need some help to get going? Physical therapists are movement experts who use exercise, hands-on care, and patient education to help you meet your goals. You can contact a PT directly for an evaluation. Learn more and find a physical therapist near you at choosept.com. So, so where did the the road to where you are now kind of kind of start? I mean, the way you've described things so far, you're you're sort of in this hopeless state where nobody seems to know what's going on and you don't know what to do. Well, obviously, you're in a much better state now. So, how did that start coming about? Throughout that whole experience, it lasted for about four years. It was really bad, and I went through the whole gamut. And finally, a doctor told me, "There's nothing more we can do. You're just going to be in pain for the rest of your life." And I was too stubborn to take that from him. <laughs> Honestly, I was too stubborn. I was not willing to accept that. And I think that was kind of where I was just like, well, I'm not going to let pain ruin my life anymore. And I did end up having a procedure called radiofrequency ablation that helped me kind of restart my life. Can you describe for listeners what that is? Yeah, radiofrequency ablation is where they took needles and they use x-ray to guide the needles down to the bones in my neck, the vertebra in my neck, and they use heat to destroy the sensory nerves that cause the pain and the headaches, or that were transmitting the pain and the headaches. And so that was um, a really helpful tool to be able to manage the pain. And it only lasts about a year and a half or two years, so I've had it done several times. But now it's been over two years since I've had it done last, and I've been able to use the tools that I've learned from physical therapy and from pain management to be able to manage my symptoms. What is your your pain level or what is your your level of uh, being affected uh, now these days? I have really good days, and I have some days that are not as good. 
So that's the thing with chronic pain is it is a lifelong thing where you learn to manage it. For me, being really active is the way that I manage it. Um, I hike, I run, I rock climb, I do yoga, I paddleboard. So for me, I need to be active to manage it. And then there are some days where um, I, I'm in a little bit more pain, but I, I don't let it control my life anymore, and I don't let it rob me of the things I want to do. And I suffice, it, it, suffice it to say, it doesn't, it doesn't control your life. It doesn't define you anymore. Correct. And so I think that's a lot of what I've gotten out of my knowledge and my education about pain science and the tools I've gotten from physical therapy that have helped me to be free and to be able to move on even when I do have a day that isn't as good as other days. Now, speaking of the tools that you got from physical therapy, uh, uh, listeners should know that you're, you're now in school to become a physical therapist. So can you talk about how, that, how and why that evolved and, and sort of why you've decided to, to make that your career? So I'll be graduating in May with my doctorate of physical therapy. And throughout my whole course of treatments, you know, I went through doctors and nurse practitioners and chiropractors and surgeons and physical therapists and through everybody. You know, I didn't want to be the person that was handing out medication. I hated the way I felt when I was on medication. I knew that it wasn't helping me. I was being put on higher and higher doses, and it just took away my vibrancy. It took away a part of me that I didn't want to give away. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to be the person that was sticking needles in people. I wanted to be the person that was part of empowering people and educating people, and physical therapy was that tool for me. You know, it's like I can make a change where I saw some people that weren't as excited about handling my case. I was like, I can be that person that can be excited and can be empowering for these people because there are a lot of people like me in the world. So is your ambition to to work with uh, specifically uh, with uh, patients who have uh, chronic pain issues? That will be a part of my practice. I haven't quite figured exactly where I belong. Uh That will be a part of my practice. So, uh, Jen, what advice do you have for people who've sustained injuries and, and trauma from an accident and kind of don't know where to go or what to do and perhaps are, are getting conflicting uh, messages or, or getting the message that, uh, like, you, like you did, that maybe you're just faking? What would you advise the people who are in that kind of situation to do? I think the biggest thing is that you need to advocate for yourself. They're just like any specialty. You know, you wouldn't want a bone surgeon operating on your heart, and there are different specialists in physical therapy. I think that you need to find the clinician that you feel fits the best for you and that will advocate for you. And just because one physical therapist might not seem like they are the best to treat you, don't give up. It doesn't mean that you failed physical therapy. It means that you just didn't find the person that is specialized properly for you. And I really would suggest that if someone is you know, even gets into a car accident or something like that or has anything, that they should really try to do physical therapy first. And I'm not just saying that because I've chosen to become a physical therapist. It's because I really, really believe in what we do. And my biggest thing is just saying just advocate for yourself. Don't take no for an answer. So, so, so even even if you've had a, what what seems initially to be a minor accident, and, and you really feel like you don't have any major repercussions from that, what you're saying is they should perhaps see a PT and and advocate for themselves to make sure that they get to the bottom of what's going on. Yeah, I mean, it never hurts to go and just get checked out, even if you think you're okay. 
it always just gives you that peace of mind that you actually are okay. Even if you're just feeling a little bit sore, it, just that peace of mind can really help to make sure that you go through your normal healing process and you get back to your everyday life. Well, Jen Bambro, uh, thanks so much for sharing your story with us here on uh, Move Forward Radio. We really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guests is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or find previous episodes at ChoosePT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Find a physical therapist near you at ChoosePT.com.